Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. And on Tuesdays, we call it Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha as we tackle marriage and relationship issues that the just seems like society just wants to keep sweeping under the rug. And wait do you hear about today's topic. Guaranteed, you've never heard this conversation on the air on Christian radio before. It's going to, I don't know, it's going to roll your socks down. It's going to blow your sleeves off. I don't know. It's just going to challenge you a little bit. Was that good? Uh, that was okay, funny. Good. All right. Okay. <laughs> Super big thanks goes out to Ace Andrews. He'll be t- he'll be engineering the show today, taking your calls a little later on. Hey, a couple of things just to draw your attention to. Go out to iWorkForHim.com. iWork, the number four, him.com. And consider joining the iWorkForHim Nation. Make that commitment to start praying for your coworkers and employees by name. Each and every day. IWorkForHim.com. Click on the I Work For Him Nation flag. And while you're out there, you can check out our sponsor, show sponsors, both ministries and businesses that keep us on the air each and every day. Those are people we appreciate. Please let them know that you appreciate them. You know, just a quick little jaunt to understand why we're tackling the subject of today. You know, here's the deal. We give up on marriage way too easy in this society. When things get a little difficult, when things get a little rough, we give up too easy. We're like, well, I'm not happy. And you've heard Martha and I talked the last couple of weeks about the lies that couples believe in. Number one, marriage wasn't created to make you happy. Marriage was created to help you become more Christ-like. And that's something you won't hear a lot again in society. But today we're going to deal with the subject about how do you deal with awkward or maybe memorable Step family occasions. And this is not an endorsement of divorce. But here's the honest reality. There's a lot of divorced couples out there who have committed their lives to Christ, who want to make a difference, and they want to get it done right the second time. You know what? Don't throw stones at people. Because those things might bounce off the walls and knock you out. Because <laughs> here's the deal. As a Christ-following body of Christ, all, all the, the body of Christ, the church in America, we need to embrace these step families who are you know what? Being married in a step family is way more difficult than a, than your first time marriage. It just is way more difficult. Lots of different things that you approach that you experience, and that's why we brought on our expert, which we have on today, Laura Petherbridge. And you can find out more about her online at laurapetherbridge.com. Romans twelve two reminds us of this paradigm shift that needs to happen if we're going to truly embrace Christ in every piece of our lives. We need to to memorize this verse, because it says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Why? Because they all lead to destruction. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Laura Petherbridge, Steve Petherbridge, Martha Brangenberg, welcome to I Work For Him. Hello there, Jim. (laughs) Good to be here. 
Um, I hope you feel that way by the time you get to the end of the show. Martha, we had the privilege of being alongside Laura and Steve on our last marriage retreat cruise. We sure did. Uh, And what a privilege, Laura, it was to have you because you spoke in an area that we don't have the reference to. Mm -hmm. And you touched the hearts of people. I mean, we we had you right at the beginning of the cruise because we knew that once people heard your heart, they're like, we're going to want some of Laura's time, which I'm pretty sure you didn't get any free time on the cruise. (laughs) But people heard your heart and understood what you had to say. And you talked a lot about forgiveness. And and I just want to thank you in front of all these thousands of listeners for the investment that you made in those couples, because it made a huge difference. And it was so fascinating to hear your heart and your story. So I I wanted to say thank you to Laura Petherbridge and Steve came along too. And he straightened me out on a couple of points, which is good. He was very, Steve's very quiet. But when he, when we started talking about money and when we started talking about money, Steve perked right up and had lots of things to add. It was fantastic. So let's just jump into it. Martha, you want to just ask Laura a couple of questions about the cruise? Cause you know, from, you know, woman to woman, the perspective as you guys experienced it. I think one of the things that'd be great for our listeners to hear is just the fact that, um, why your your platform, should I say, about step families is something that is really important for marriages, even if they're first time marriages, to understand. Yes. Mm-hmm. So maybe speak to that a little. Absolutely. I do speak to first time marriages and second time marriages, uh, largely because I'm trying to help the first time marriage from ending and become a second marriage because mm-hmm. second marriage, like Jim said, is uh, way more complicated than people think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So I do have a passion for years. People said to me, how come you don't speak to people who are in their first time marriage? And and I actually do do that. It's just not as popular. It's not, a, you know, as well known. Right. And so I have a talk that I do called Marriage Without Masks. Mm-hmm. And that really goes to those deeper levels about the real reasons people end up divorced. So to answer your question, one of the reasons I love speaking on a marriage cruise is whether it's a first-time marriage or a second-time marriage, what I discover is that most people do not really understand the root reason why their marriage is in trouble. Hmm. They blame either the affair, they blame money, or they blame all kinds of things that are really just a symptom of a much deeper issue. And that that is true in either either first time or second marriage. So that's why it was so exciting to share with these couples, regardless if they were in a first marriage or a second. And what we found interesting about that was that people that maybe we knew they were in a first time marriage, um, but they were had been affected by a step family in some way or another, either their yes. parents or a sibling or somewhere in their life. They're, you know, having to interact with a step family and getting a better understanding of the dynamics of that um, is was truly valuable for me, and I know for many people on the cruise, it it is it was a wonderful eye opener. Yeah, there were a number of couples that had parents that mm-hmm. were divorcing, and so they wanted to know how to function in a step family as the adult child. We've got noted speaker and authoritarian on this subject, Laura Petherbridge. She's got her doctorate in step families. Not really her doctorate. You don't have a doctor in front of there, Laura. But I know that you've got as much training as most people would. He, he likes to make up things in people's titles. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Laura, as I just want to step back for you and Stephen. Just I, I, every guest I have on the air, I always want to find out, okay, how is Christ making an impact? But I've changed the question up a little bit. Everybody, we're walking day by day with the Lord. And... I'm trying to train all of us to notice how the Lord gets involved in those intimate, small little details in our lives. How have you seen the Lord involved in those small details in your life recently? 
We recently moved, and so it's been a season of loneliness and loss, really, because when you move from one place to another, there is a grieving process in that. And every time we move, we've moved a couple times because my husband's a pastor. And so, you know, you go through this grief and you think you know what the grief is going to be like. But every time it's different. <laughs> how, how unfair. <laughs> yes. And so the little thing is that every time I think I'm trying on my own strength to get through that grief or to deal with those things because I've done this before, God shows me, nope, every morning is new, Laura. You need me new every morning. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Martha and I've been reading Jesus Calling, and the latest was just, you know, get used to just being in my presence. And then what it doesn't say, and shut up, because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I need to do. Steve, what about you? How have you seen the Lord involved in the intimate details of your lives? Well, I've had to learn uh, over, we've been married 30 years now, but I, uh, we've gone through a number of stages uh, in our life and in our marriage. And uh, as Laura said, I've we moved or Recently, I uh, retired, uh, partially retired a year or so ago, and now I'm around the house a lot more often. And that presents a strain that uh, wasn't there previously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a whole show, Jim. That's a whole, <laughs> that could be our next show. What do you do when your husband retires and he comes home? What do you do with him? Yeah. I have a tendency to overlook things and just go on. And I, I've got to be aware of what Laura is, is thinking and Catch the, the signs, the nonverbal signs often of what she's going through and, and try to, to build her up rather than, than tear her down. Does Laura have a face for every thought? Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you guys have been married about as long as we've been married, I mean, I just sometimes I think Martha's faces have gotten even more complex. I'm like, oh, just tell me what you're thinking because I have no idea what you're thinking. No, her. Uh, Normally it comes out verbally. <laughs> <laughs> like Maybe we said, I need to work on that. There's then. a show. There's a show for that. A show for another time. All right, we're talking today with Laura Petherbridge. You can find out more about her online at laurapetherbridge.com. She brought along her husband, Steve, because you know what? Any any famous person always has somebody behind them that's rock solid in their faith that helps them able to stay involved in their ministry, whether it's a pastor and then it's his incredible wife behind him, or in this case, a noted author, speaker, an expert in step families, got her, got her husband of 30 years behind her in this ministry. It's so powerful. You can find out more about Laura online at lauraPetherbridge.com, and you'll see our link on our Facebook page a little later on today. Laura, we're talking about step families and special occasions and as martha and i and you guys have had actually you guys have lived this you guys have lived this but we've got lots of friends that have lived this and we've had it in our family where divorce just creates those awkward moments but it's a shame when these awkward moments come around during times that are supposed to be special like christmas or graduation or birthdays or weddings the things that are supposed to be joyous occasions you're like where are you going to have mom sit? We can't have him sitting there near dad. And who's gets to, I mean, who's going to, I mean, oh, such a pain in the butt. You know, I mean, how do they, how do you, you guys lived this. Why don't you tell a little bit about your story and how you guys lived this, which is what inspired you to be involved in this ministry. Recently, I just posted a picture of me with my mom and dad, and it's on my Facebook page. 
And what I shared with them, and it was actually from my first wedding, it was the only picture that I have with me alone with my mother and father. And the photographer, when he came that day to take the pictures, I was very clear with him beforehand, my parents are divorced, this is going to be tense, please don't try to make these little sweet, cushy, cushy, smushy, smushy pictures with mom and dad kissing the child goodbye, because that is not going to work in this setting, because the tension was very high over this wedding circumstance. And so the photographer forgot. Oh, no. <laughs> and so here we are in the bridal suite with me getting dressed and getting ready and the whole deal. And, you know, the photographer starts with, okay, mom and dad, let's cozy up to, you know. And so we did stand there and we took the picture. And now I am so glad he did because it is the only photograph that I have with my mother and my father. Together. Together. The three of us. Wow. And at that moment, though, I cannot look at that picture without remembering the tension of that moment. On what was supposed to be the most wonderful day of my life, it was so tense over exactly what you just said. Who's going to sit where? People being angry because they didn't get invited or people thinking they should be more involved or more invited and step parents wanting to be more invited. It was... So from the child perspective, I learned, don't make these days stressful. The greatest gift you can give your stepkid is to step back. Mm -hmm. And so even though I didn't learn a lot about being a step parent from being in a step family, I did learn that. And that is one piece of wisdom that has helped me as a stepmom. And a lot of step parents criticize me because they say, oh, you're saying you just step out of their lives. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying give your stepchild the gift of being with their biological parents on those special occasions and stepping back. Because kids want those special days to have memories with their two biological parents. Well, and I think it really goes back to... Sorry about that. I think it really goes back to remembering that it's not about the parent. It's all about the kid in this right. occasion. I mean, the special occasion that is, uh, you know, whether it's a wedding or a graduation or a birthday party or Christmas or whatever it may be, it's not about you. That's it's, right. It, it was about this, your children. And that's what I always tell people. I hear people saying, well, we're getting divorced, but the kids will be fine. The kids are resilient. Like, mm -mm. You're such a big, fat liar. That's good. It makes you feel better to think that, but that's not true. Right. The kids are going to suffer from this for the rest of their lives. But you could do some things to make it better, like don't treat your spouse like World War II, world's most en biggest enemy. You right. Know, you know, don't, don't, I mean. It's not about you at these occasions. Mm -hmm. Kindergarten graduation, college graduation, it's not about you. That's right. And the thing is, though, now from the perspective of the step-parent, when you, especially if you've been very involved in this child's life, maybe even a full-time step-parent, and the other parent has either been absent or negligent or, uh, you know, has taken a hiatus from being a parent, and you've done the hard work of raising this child, Mm -hmm. There is a sense of, but wait a minute, I put all the time into raising this kid. I'm the one that really behaves like a parent. What they need to understand, yes, what you just said, it's not about you, but also the mind of a child, even when they've grown, 
they have a loyalty to their biological parent. And on that special occasion, they want to be able to celebrate that at one point, my mother and father loved each other and loved me. Right. They want to know they were conceived in love because that brings us security. Even if mom and dad don't like each other or hate each other now, at one point they loved each other. And that's how I came into the world. And see, as a step parent, you've got to love your spouse, love God, love the child enough to understand it's not about you. It's not how you raised the child. It's about giving them the freedom to love that parent, even if they weren't a good parent. Mm, I love that because what you were saying makes me think about the fact that the step parent really needs to show the biggest amount of humility and maturity and saying, you know what, it's not about me. Yes, I've done all this and I love this child inexplicably. But in that moment, being able to say, you know, this is a a moment for them. That doesn't mean you can't get a picture with them as well, you know, or whatever that might happen to be that you're trying to orchestrate. Um, but the amount of maturity and humility that are required to do that well and be a good example for the kids around and for other people that are observing the situation. I've often said being a stepmother has taught me how to be more like Christ than Mm. almost any other activity in my life because you have to constantly be sacrificing. It, it is a continuous, if you do it right, if you're a smart stepmom, right. smart stepdad, you're putting the needs of the child before your own. And that's not always easy. Mm-hmm. We're talking with noted author and expert on step families, Laura Petherbridge. You can find out more about her online at laurapetherbridge.com. We're talking today about special family, special events and step families. How do you get keep these from being awkward moments and make them cherished memories? Laura, you mentioned that two different great ways to uh, for people to start realizing at these special occasions is that number one, that the parents realize that it's not about not about them, that it's about their child. They just need to step back from it being important about them, and that really for the stepmom and stepdad, that it's really not about them. Just to keep her mouth shut and just smile and have a good time, and that the child really wants to hear that they were conceived in love. That was a really fascinating word picture that you put in there, Mm -hmm. that these kids need to understand that at one point in time, mom and dad loved each other, and out of that love came a child, them, and that that they could still see some of that civility between mom and dad on a special occasion. Yes, it really is one of those key things that if you truly love your stepchild or love your child, you will grow to understand what they need instead of what you think they need. <laughs> you see, that is the gift that I believe, you know, people often ask me, you know, what, what's the best thing you've done for your stepkids? Well, number one, I think I showed them what it was to remain in a marriage through the ups and downs. Steve and I have been married 30 years. Sure. Second marriages have a very high divorce rate. And so during illness, during you know, storms of life, during job loss, during all kinds of crises, we stayed together. So I think that's the first and foremost thing that we've given them Mm -hmm. is to see how a marriage can make it. And fortunately, both of them are in great marriages right now. So that that we're happy about that. And the second thing is, is that I taught them how to 
that that I'm not going to try to push my way into their life. I'm here and available if you want me in your life, but I'm not going to push my way in to make you uncomfortable. See, the person who dictates how close of a relationship a stepchild and a stepparent have is the child. The child dictates that, whether they're going to let the stepparent in or not. And often it has absolutely nothing to do with whether they like the stepparent or not. Hmm. They may refuse to let you in because their other parent will be mad. They'll be upset with them. For example, there was a great deal of tension in my life growing up between my mom and my stepmom. Constant fighting about money, about everything. And so I didn't dare embrace my stepmom fully because I knew that would make my mother furious. And so this loyalty as a kid, as a teenager, to my mother, you know, it's not like I sat around saying, oh, I have to be loyal to my mother. This is just in your brain. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just sure. there. Uh, you know that to be friends with your stepparent means to make an enemy of your parent. And that bond is fiercely tight, fiercely loyal. And so step parents need to understand sometimes a kid won't let you in just because it's too scary. Sometimes the risk is too high. Sometimes the the cost is too much. It's got nothing to do with you. You could be the Mother Teresa of step parents, (laughs) and they're still not going to let you in. Now, are there things I can do to bridge that gap or to make that easier? Absolutely. Are there things I can do to make that more difficult, like say negative things about their mother or cause tension with their mother or father? Absolutely. But the person who holds the key on how much influence I have in their life is the stepchild. All right. So I want to talk specifically. You know, Laura, you didn't grow up planning on being a stepmom. <laughs> Nobody grows up planning on being a stepmom. <laughs> well, I think that's important for the listeners to understand. I mean, you know, you grew up thinking, I mean, you planned on, you saw your parents get divorced. You're like, I don't want that to happen to me. Absolutely. And yet it happened to you. Yes. And so you had to go through these, you had these awkward moments, step family moments. And I, I'd like you to live some of those out where you got to learn these things, live some of these special occasion moments out before you really learned the keys to keeping them from being awkward and to making them celebrations. Yes. Before, before Laura, can I jump in just for a second? Absolutely. Uh, I think one thing to keep in mind is that marriage, uh, like life, is fluid. And there are times when things go along smoothly and then an incident may occur when uh, the apple cart is upset. And that will affect your relationship with with your stepchildren. Uh, Laura, you may want to take it from there. Yeah, and especially uh, these high tense moments such as... The a wedding, as we've been talking about, or a graduation, or one of the things that comes up is the the birth of a baby in the family. The, say the stepchild has a baby. A grandbaby. Uh, yeah, so there's a grandbaby now. Mm-hmm. And who gets to be the grandparents? Now, see, our common sense, little nice little brain says, well, of course, all of them get to be grandparents, both the mother and the father and whoever they've married. Now they have step-grandma and step-grandpa. Well, that sounds nice, but not everybody allows that in their, in their family. Not every step-parent wants to be a grandparent to this new child. And 
Or if, say, we'll use an example, say dad gets remarried, and so he's got a new wife, and grandma isn't remarried, and so we got grandma wanting to be, you better believe I am grandma, and don't you dare let that other woman even think about calling herself grandma to my grandbaby. So you can just see for a second Mm -hmm. what kind of tension that would create at the hospital, as the baby's born, the first birthday, oh boy, those first birthday parties when <laughs> when the parents have remarried, oh, can they get ugly. And so the smart step parent says, I'm going to be as active or inactive as your child wants me to be. So the step parent goes to the stepson or stepdaughter and says, I know this is awkward for you. I know your mother wants to be a grandma, and she's excited about being a grandma. And I don't want you to feel like I have to be a grandma to this child. If you want me to be, I would be willing, and I'll learn how to do that. But if that's going to create tension for you and your mother or you and your parent, or if it's going to make all these circumstances awkward or more tense for you, I'm willing to take a back seat. Do you see how sacrificial being a step-parent has to be if it's going to work? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What I'm seeing is, and how many people are there in the world that are mature enough to say that? That's right. Mm -hmm. Because you get, I mean, what I've seen with step-family situations that they're territorial, like rabid dogs. Yep. And they're laying groundwork and they're laying territory and and they don't want to give up any territory. That's right. But you throw Christ at the center of that and all of a sudden our behavior should be exemplary. All right, we're talking with author and noted uh, noted authoritarian on step families, Laura Petherbridge here, along with her husband Steve. As these two have lived out the step family world, figured out all the ways to do it right, do it wrong, and she's written books. TheSmartStepMom.com is her website, TheSmartStepMom.com. Honestly, we have given Laura's books to several couples we've mentored that are entering marriage number two, and both for husbands and for wives, the Smart Stepmom, 101, t- 101 Tips for the Smart Stepmom, which they can buy on your website, right? Absolutely. Or at Amazon. Or at Amazon.com. All right. So the the smartstepmom.com, you can get her book. It is, you get a book by that name, The Smart Stepmom, right? And then 101 Tips for the Smart Stepmom. What other books have you written? Um, Quiet Moments for the Stepmom's Soul. That's a devotional. <laughs> which mm. they desperately need, quiet That's right. moments. That's right. That's right. And then um, When I Do Becomes I Don't. That's a frequently asked questions book for people who have go, are going through separation or divorce. Brutal times. Divorce is one of those gifts that just keeps on giving. It is worse than a death in a family because there's no death, yet you wish there was. And there is so much tension in our... I'm just telling you how people feel. Is that not? Are we not allowed to speak truth on you? Tell me what I said wrong. No, but it's true. It okay. was just really harsh. <laughs> because people, honestly, and, and the problem is, church, wake up, American church. Actually, wake up any church around the world that's mm-hmm. listening to this. This is a problem that's rampant in our world. People are getting divorced, and the church doesn't have any idea what to do with it. Not all churches. I'm sure there's a few churches out there that do. But Laura, you see this where mm-hmm. when when people get divorced, sometimes they feel totally alienated by their church and then they want to get back involved in their church, maybe with their new spouse. And the church doesn't know what to do with these step families because the dynamics of a step family, they try to treat them like first time marriages. That's right. But the dynamic 
is completely different. Yes. That's why I often say that the the resources that churches usually use, for example, for pre-marriage counseling or in marriage classes, can often, I know it sounds crazy, but can often do more to hinder the second marriage than to benefit it. And the reason that that is, is because it goes towards the issues that become secondary. Uh, the, the target issues in step families is how to get along with these children who are not mine, mm-hmm. how to work alongside my spouse who is enabling his or her kids. <laughs> for example, so, you know, you come in and talk to somebody on, say, love or love languages or something like that. Great resources. Great resources. Love them. But if you present that to somebody where their issue is, my wife refuses to discipline her child. This child is running the home and she refuses. And if I try to mention it, she tells me, you just don't love my son. You just don't love my daughter. You see, you never hear biological parents say that to each other. If you and Martha were having a fight about your kids, you may not agree with your parenting styles, but I'll bet you have never accused the other one of not loving the child. Right. Of course not. Right. And you see, in a step family, that is the number one thing. You hear a, a parent say, well, my hu- husband or wife... They don't love this child the same way I do. And you know what? They're right. Well, they can't they love them the same way. It's That's not right. possible. That's right. We're talking today with noted author and expert on the step family, Laura Petherbridge. You can find out more about her online at thesmartstepmom.com. I'd like to thank Bernice from Brandon for calling in. Thanks for listening, Bernice, to the I Work For Him radio program. And you won a first CD. We still got one more to give away today, and it's Laura Petherbridge's her talk on thriving in a step family thriving in a step family you can call right now ace is sitting by just i don't know he's eating a sandwich or something he needs to talk to somebody on the phone 877-943-9673 877-943-9673 get a copy of laura's speech thriving in a step family and you can get all kinds of resources off of her page TheSmartStepmom.com, TheSmartStepmom.com. All right, Martha, you wanted to get practical in the time we had left. Well, yeah, and I mean, it's so hard to cover all of the topics here, and there's so many things that are probably going through our listeners' mind about this situation or that situation that they've been involved in. (laughs) We could do a week of shows on this. We always say that when we talk with Laura, because you give us such a fresh look at things, because we do hear a lot of maybe textbook things or, you know, blaming in our, in, in, the way people talk about step family, but you really bring a fresh approach and that's very practical and very logical. And I love that about you. That's my goal. Thank you. I I think, and you do it so well. And for anybody who wants to call in for that CD, people can hear you have passion about it and you're, you know, you, you love helping people. And I love that about you, but let's give them some, some practical hands-on tactical things that they could take with them because we were talking about people in the workplace you know, they may have coworkers that are getting divorced that have these unique situations as well and be able to talk to them, even if it's not for themselves. So we're surrounded by people that need this information. So what can we tell our listeners that maybe give them some practical and tactical advice of what these occasions should look like? Yes. So we're talking about special occasions, not awkward moments, because we don't want to create awkward moments. And again, let's just throw in what you said earlier, because we talk about this all, all day long when our with regard to our workplace. We're Christ followers. 
everything about us should be changing. Everything about us should look decidedly different than those alongside of us who aren't Christ followers because we've been redeemed and we're being restored to new. And so we uh, yet it doesn't seem like when you throw divorce into the occasion you seem you don't see a lot of those uh exemplary behaviors coming out in Christ followers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you may be a Christ follower, but the ex-spouse may not be walking right. with Christ. And so that creates another conflict that uh, has to be dealt with. And one thing Laura says over and over again, you cannot control what goes on in the other home. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So, and you, the, you, that just brings up so many things. And you can't, con- all right, you can't go out, control what goes on in the other home. And when you've gotten divorced, you have no influence anymore. That's right. And you just can be an example for Christ, but silent. You have lost your position in that person's life to be a positive influence. And they might just want to run for the Lord anyway. Mm-hmm. Might be what caused the divorce in the first place. We've seen that plenty. So let's get to that practical. What do these occasions look like? Birthday. Let's just start with birthday parties. Let's start that. Because there's always birthday parties. Every year we have a birthday party. Mm-hmm. And kids like presents. And they now they get an opportunity to get double the presents. How do we handle this and keep this you know, to be a great thing for the kid? Well, number one, don't become territorial. If, you know, the big birthday party is going to be on Sunday or whatever, if you know it is going to cause tension and go right to your child and say, this is both for the bio parent and or the step parent, Mm -hmm. go right to your child and say, do you want me at this party? I know that's probably going to create some tension if my not coming and I know that I know there's people rolling right now. Why should I miss my grandchild's mm. birthday party? What I'm saying is don't become so territorial. Don't make it a hill to die on mm-hmm. if it isn't. And so, you know, go to the child and say, if this is going to create more tension for me to come or for me to come and bring my date, mm-hmm. I won't do that. And I'll, we'll make another evening or another time together. Now, I know people are hearing, well, that just means you're rolling over and playing dead. This is why you normally need a third party, because these issues are so emotional. Mm. It's hard to come up with. That's why I do so much life coaching, sure. because I normally need to be a voice of reason <laughs> for these people to show them, no, that's rolling over and playing dead. That, that's acting like you have no voice or no say. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying take the higher ground. How about take the Christ center ground? What would right. Jesus mm-hmm. do kind of thing? Exactly. Mm-hmm. But you see, when you're dealing with these emotional situations, sometimes it's hard to know what would mm. Jesus do. Right. Would Jesus Good say, point. I'm not going to go to my grandson's birthday party? You know, a lot of us are like, no, that doesn't seem right. That seems like I'm not supporting the family. But so that's why sometimes letting your child, we're talking about grandparent, the grandparent right. situation now, is letting your child sit down with your child and go, I know this is going to be tense. I know your mother or father is going to be uncomfortable. Tell me what you want me to do and I will do it. Be the one willing to take the back seat if you need to. And if the child is really little, would you suggest just going to the the parent? That you're the that you're the parent of and saying what do you want? It, it really for say okay for in my situation I'm the stepmom. Mm-hmm. I would first go to Steve because Steve always wanted me to be there at these events. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes that wasn't the best thing. 
Mm-hmm. So I would have to go to my home. Do you want me there? Yes, of course. He wants me there. That's pretty normal answer. Sure. But then if I know this is going to create more tension for his child, mm-hmm. if the, the mother doesn't want me there, then I need to let my husband go to that party without me. Now, I know there are step parents all over the place that are getting ready to send me a hate letter. And I understand that. You can find Laura online at the smartstepmom.com, the smartstepmom.com. Because that sounds like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I am married to this man. I should be able to go. We're married. We're one flesh. Right. I'll never forget one grandmother who said to me, or one woman, who stepmom, who said to me, I've told my husband, if I can't be grandma, he can't be grandpa. Mm. And she kept her husband from the relationship with his unsaved son and the new grandbaby because they would not let her in the picture. And you see, did that build a bridge or did it create more of a bridge? Yeah. You see, you have to have sometimes a third party looking at this and speaking words of clarity and wisdom and without emotion so that you can learn what's the wise Christ-like thing to do here. It's not always easy to know. Exactly. You can get a copy of Laura's speech, Thriving in a Step Family, right here on CD. You can get that right now. CDs are things you put in your dashboard for you millennials (laughs) that are listening today. Call into the studio line at 877-943-9673, 877-943-9673, Thriving in a Step Family. You know, I just, I hope that people will call in for that, but I, I love the fact that you talk about needing that rational third party. And, you know, that's what Laura really brings to the table. And maybe some people will even want to reach out to you because in the thick of it, you don't see what you're doing as being damaging. And we, you know, you could be so, like you said, emotionally caught up in it and thinking about yourself that you hurt the very relationships you're trying to protect. So I would just encourage people to really think that way about the situation. The, the bio parent has a responsibility here too. Yeah. Because let's Laura, just say a biological parents. People yes. understand what that was. <laughs> Laura talked about uh, the the party, and maybe I would go, and she would stay home. I wanted her to go to be my support. I need to step back and think of what's best for the child. Also, sure. Mm. The step parent who's a Christ follower, needs to be the one that leads out in being even more selfless than ever before. Yes. Because and, it, and the biological parent has to step up and come alongside their spouse and, spouse and stand up for them. The problem with all these special occasions, birthdays and graduations and weddings and vacations, what you know, the trading of kids on vacations, there's money. Mm. And money already caused tension in the marriage that was there that created probably a step family. Now you've got who's going to have the bigger birthday party? Who's going to pay the money for the wedding? Are we going to share the money for the wedding? Who's going to all pay for the graduation party? Who's going to all pay for college? Who pays for the new car? This money stuff. How do you see money playing in this in a healthy fashion? Mm-hmm. Well, often their divorce decree will answer some of those questions. It's, oh, it may answer some, but it hardly ever deals with all. That's correct. I mean, it, it's not going to answer a wedding question normally, unless you've had a really good counsel from an, uh, from an attorney or a divorce mediator. Sometimes there are financial planners that actually specialize in divorce so that certain things like this get written in legally. So you're not fighting about wow. them afterwards. 
And I actually highly recommend that. Sure. But, um, you know, you really, if the two parents, obviously, the two biological parents can sit down together and rationally talk this out, that's the best case scenario. But you often get a dad who feels like he's been paying child support for all these years. So why should I be, you know, pitching in any more for that? And his wife is also pulling on his shirt tail going, we don't have any more money to give to this wedding. And on the other side, you have the biological mom who's raised this child and sacrificed greatly for the child to have maybe extra education or extracurricular activities or all those things. She doesn't think she should have to put in the extra money. So you really have this bickering that can go on. The two things in divorce that are the most common explosives are children and finances. Sure. Custody, you know, who's going to win the custody of the kids and who and and the fight over money, who's going to pay for what. If you can get some of that down on paper beforehand, that's the ideal. But when you can't, if the person won't be rational and sit down and speak with you, you really are stuck. Well, I wish I had a magic formula for that. Well, it's interesting because I'm thinking that like if you in the healthy part of your marriage, we're able to sit down and write down how much are we going to spend on marriage? How much are we going to do on that? Then there would be no question in this, you know, later in life if they're with the divorce, but you can't go back and say, well, we would have never spent that money anyway. Now you've got guilt, you've got dynamics that have changed financially and all of that plays a role that you can't undo. You can't figure out what would it have looked like. Yes. So there's no comparison. And as the child, you feel very caught in the middle mm-hmm. asking your parents to help you with some of this, too. Sure. Well, and it's not fair to the kid. Yep. The kid didn't ask your parents to get divorced. The kid, Every kid wants their parents to stay married. Listen to that, people. Every child out there wants their parents to stay married. Now, there are obviously occasions where a marriage should be ended in the cases of extreme abuse and things like that. But that's what we're talking about. Most families give up on marriage way too easily. Thanks to Laura Petherbridge. What a great job today, Laura. Thank you very much. Thank you. Steve, thanks for the color. Appreciate it. Martha, what a great conversation. We need to have this another time. We really do. You can find out more about Laura online at thesmartstepmom.com, thesmartstepmom.com. You know, keep in mind, these thoughts that we had today, as they apply into your workplace, there are people. You are surrounded by people that are struggling with these issues every day. Go out to thesmartstepmom.com, buy them some resources, and help them through this spot. You've been listening to the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers and we own our own business, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him.